today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. When you put your eyes on Jesus and then you see and hear and watch what they, and I'll let you fill in that blank, are saying and doing, it changes the whole complexion of it. If Jesus is my focus and my eyes are fixed on Him, then now I view everything and everyone through that lens. So I'm watching this guy, and he's saying this and that, and I'm going, no way. And then Jesus is saying, way, and I am the way, and by the way, they need me. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. What would it look like if you started seeing others the way that Jesus looks at them? Does he look at them as an enemy or does he mourn over the work of our true enemy in their lives? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will challenge us to shift our perspective to one defined by the grace we've been given in Christ. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We cast it on Him and we feel so light. Oh, man. You know, in the original language, this idea of cast all your cares, like it's like take that burden that says, I mean, crushing you and roll it off and give it to him. He'll take it. You know where we live, we have manual rubbish. We're not like you guys, where you guys have the, you know, cans. We have to buy our own cans and we have to carry that thing all the way down the end of the lane and two times a week. They come and take it. They take it away. They take it away. It's gone. I love it. It's gone. I, I give it to them, and they take it. <laughs> I, you, if you got a better illustration, you let me know, okay? <laughs> Can you imagine, and it's going to get even sillier, but I think you'll get the point. Could you imagine if I go to the dump at Kapa'a Quarry and say, Can I have it back? <laughs> Dude, what what does it matter with you? Well, we do that with the Lord. We give it to Him, He takes it. You know, it's kind of humorous, actually, if you think about it. Because it's so, you know, us as Christians. You know, I gave my life to the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, you know. You know, that's not really the miracle, that you gave your life to Christ. Well, you praise the Lord, but the real miracle is that He took it. Think about that. That's the real million. I gave my life. We say, I accepted the Lord. Actually, He accepted you. <laughs> See, if I'm up there, I would have said, I don't think you want that one. I, I, wait, let's just take this one slow, okay? We take it back. And I'll tell you why I think that is. Innate within our sin nature is this notion that somehow we still owe a debt. Because see, Satan is very clever when it comes to guilt. He builds this infrastructure of guilt in our lives, and he keeps reminding us, wow, can't believe you did that again. You know, if I were you, I'd lay low for a while. Hey, I wouldn't pray, (laughs) because you might want to give God a few days on this one. 
And I sure wouldn't go to church. Can you imagine a person? Don't look at the person sitting next to you. If the person sitting next to you knew what you did. Oh! And he's so good at it. And we buy it hook, line, and sinker, as they say. And we believe the lie from the father of lies. He's lying to you. See, he knows that as soon as you get to the cross with that, you're free, man. As soon as you, so he will do everything to delay you at best, keep you at worst, entangled in the condemnation of that sin, if it means he keeps you from the Christ on the cross who paid for that sin. Because he knows it's a game changer as soon as you get there. The sooner you get there, the better. You need not carry that and have that weigh you down and beat you down any longer than it takes to get to the cross. Take it to the Lord. And here's, here's another one the enemy's got us on. And I have to confess in my own life, as long as I've been walking with the Lord, this is still a biggie. The enemy's so subtle and he tries to get us to think that, yeah, you're, you're forgiven, but he always puts a, a condition on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're forgiven, but, and as soon as he's got you with that but, he's got you. Because see, now it's, it's like this. Yeah, I, I'm forgiven, but it's not that easy. You're not going to get off that easy. What were you thinking? Do you think you could just go to the Lord and, and confess your sins, as 1 John 1, 9 says, and if you just confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. you think you could just get off scot-free like that? Well, now I'm starting to wonder, because now you've planted that seed of doubt in my mind, and it's beginning to germinate and sprout, and you've just taken a different angle at getting me to distance myself from the one who has forgiven me and paid for that sin. And so there's almost this thing of, yeah, I know I'm forgiven, but it can't be that easy. That's too good to be true. Well, let me tell you something about this quote of this, whatever you want to call it, this saying, oh, well, if it's too good to be true, it must be too good to be true. Not so fast. If it's too good to be true, it's God. Because God is good and God is true. And be careful with that too good to be true one. Because when it comes to the gift of eternal life, gift, that's too good to be true. No such thing as a free lunch. Well, that might be the case for you, but when it comes to eternal life, it's a gift, freely given. Oh, he paid for it. He paid the price, cost him everything, cost him his life, but he did pay for it. He purchased us. It's not a purchase, it's a, it's a gift. Now, we're coming up into that season where we buy gifts for people, right? And then what do they do? They re-gift the gifts that you <laughs> gift them. It's okay. It's all right. We all do it. Come on. You know you're in trouble when you re-gift it to the person that you forgot gave it to you. That's the problem. But anyway, I digress. You receive this gift, but somebody paid for that gift. If you try to pay for it, it's no longer a gift. It's a purchase. 
not a gift. So someone purchased that gift and they gave you that gift. And what do we do? Ah, What's the catch? Too good to be true. No such thing as a free lunch. Oh, it can't be that easy. That's the enemy. And if the enemy can get you to believe that he's entangled you, forget hindrances, he's got you. Not only will he keep you down and slow you down, he can take you down. Just with that, under the crushing weight of that condemnation, don't let him do it. Get rid of it. It's been paid for. You don't know anything. Your, your debt has been paid in full. It's stamped in the blood of Jesus Christ. Get rid of it. He took it. Don't go to Kapaa Quarry and try to get it back. There we go. Last time I'm going to use that one. Now, there's a progressive, I, that's, I hate that word, it's been, I hate it when the world takes a word and mars it. Progressive in the sense of progression, in that once you have thrown off all the hindrances and the sins that so easily entangle you, now fix your eyes on Jesus. Now I know this is so Christian cliche, keep your eyes on the Lord. I mean, we even say that to people when they're going through a trial. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you don't warm up to that when, you know, well, easy for you to say, you're not going through the trial. Oh, keep your eyes on the Lord. I know that. <laughs> but bear with me on this, because I know this is a firm grasp of the obvious. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Your eyes fixed, fixed on the Lord. I think about Isaiah. <laughs> He will keep him in perfect peace, (laughs) whose mind is stayed on thee. We're looking to him. Now, in order for me to look to him and fix my eyes on him, the inference is, is that I'm looking elsewhere. And if you really think about it, I am looking to and fixing my eyes on someone or something, And here the writer of Hebrews says, once you've gotten rid of all the rubbish, all the sin, all the entanglements, you refocus now. Eyes on the prize. Let's go back to the runner. Uh, How much would that runner be slowed down if he took his eyes off the finish line and looked back? Oh man, you're you're game over. Just the, the looking back is going to you're going to lose. You can still run the race. You just won't win the race. And we're in it to win it, right? Now, how are we going to keep our eyes on the Lord fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, when we've got everything else over here saying, hey, JD, look over here. What? Oh, what? Uh, So many things clamoring for our attention, competing for the eye gate, if I can say it like that. Because see, what I'm looking at, looking on, what my eyes are fixed on is the direction I will go. If I'm looking elsewhere, that's the direction I'll end up. If my eyes are on Jesus, that's where I'm going to end up. 
And that's what the writer of Hebrews is wanting to do here with them. You guys, you need to refocus. You need to refocus. You've lost your focus. You've got your eyes on your friends and your family who are every day in your face saying, come on, just go back to the temple. Come on, go the high priest. Forget this Jesus high priest. We have the high priest. Forget that. Come here, look here, do this. You need to refocus. You know, back in the days, man, technology today is just something else, isn't it? But remember the cameras? Now you young people, we'll get back to you. Just enjoy the, uh, I don't know, go on your phones or whatever. But back in our day, we had these cameras that were actually manual. And there was no phone or apps or Wi-Fi or anything. It was just actually, believe this or not, it was an actual camera. That's all it did. Ever seen those photos? It's got a camera and a fax machine and a this and a typewriter and a, you know, you know, all of these things. And it just fills up the entire desk. And then right next to it, it says, it has a, a phone. It says, now your phone does all of that. You're going, especially for us. I, I was, I remember when it took all of that to do what this thing does now. But we have these things called cameras. And you would have to focus the lens. And, and, and there was different settings, depth of field. Now, some of you photographers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You could focus manually that camera. And if you focused in on what you wanted to take a picture of, everything else was blurred out. Ah, that's what he's saying. Fix your eyes on Jesus, and everything else is going to be blurred. Conversely, if you're fixed on everything else, then Jesus is blurred. I know this is so dorky, but whatever. You've heard it said, when your eyes are on others, you'll be stressed. When your eyes are on self, you'll be depressed. But when your eyes are on Jesus, you'll be blessed. It's so true. Hey, if I'm I'm focusing in on them, I'm comparing myself with them. No wonder I'm so depressed and stressed. Do you see the car they just bought? I don't have a nice car like that. And and, and so now, oh, oh, so your eyes are on them. Where's Jesus? No wonder you're so depressed and stressed and discouraged and weary. And how about self? <laughs> you, know, you know, oh, look within. Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's ugly in there. <laughs> Jeremiah said it best by the Holy Spirit: the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And I just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is deceptive. It will deceive you. It will mislead you. It will misguide you. Don't follow your heart. Don't look within. <laughs> I mean, if, if your focus is on yourself, you know what's going to happen? I can tell you, I can write the next chapter in this book. Because we've all done it, right? It's the chapter called Self-Pity. It's the one where you throw yourself a pity party and nobody shows up. I mean, you just feel sorry for yourself. Why do you feel so sorry for yourself? 
because your eyes are on self. You're just looking at self. I mean, you don't have to look very far. You're going to be very depressed with what you see. Get your eyes. How many times have we heard this, said this? Get your eyes off yourself. Or, perhaps better said, it's not, it's not all about you. I hear that a lot, but uh, <laughs> you make everything about yourself. It's like the two people that are talking, and the one guy's doing all the talking, and all he's talking about is himself, his favorite subject, the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. I this, I that, I, 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 I. And then finally he stops. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He says, you know, I'm going to stop talking about myself. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Why don't you talk about me? <laughs> I mean, really? You are so self-focused. No wonder. You want to run and win this race? Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off your circumstances. Get your eyes certainly off others. And fix your eyes on Jesus. If you have, want to have any hope of walking in victory, if you want to have any hope of overcoming this propensity that we all have to give in to weariness and discouragement and despair. Boy, I tell you, and I think you'll agree with me when I say this, with everything that's going on in the world today, this is uh, one of those easier said than done ones. Man, it's a daily struggle. It's like with each passing day, then get your eyes on the Lord. I'll tell you, if you want to keep your sanity, you better get your eyes on the Lord. You know, I go through a lot of material, obviously, in preparation for the prophecy updates. And there's just times where I just have to walk away. You know, of course, everybody sends me stuff, emails, texts me these things. And I'm like, no. <laughs> man, if I, if I start focusing on that, I'm, I'm done, man. You, I'm, I'm, I'm so down. And here's what happens. Fear sets in. And then when you get your eyes refocused where they belong back on the Lord, you go, oh yeah, that's right. Psalm 23, the first two words, sets the whole temperature for this famous, well-known, most beloved psalm, the Lord. Oh yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, the, the, we get so caught up and distracted by and discouraged because of everything that's happening. And it's kind of like, wait, the Lord. Oh yeah, that's right. First of all, I'm saved. I, I, I needed to be recalibrated, refocused. I needed a paradigm shift. Here I'm focusing in on all of this. And in so doing, I forgot the Lord. Because see, the Lord is going to have the final word on that. And by the way, I say this in a sanctified way, I can't wait. <laughs> I've actually asked the Lord for reserved seating, front row. I want to, can't wait till the Lord has the final word. Keep your eyes on Him. Get your eyes off of them. And by the way, one last thing on this before we move on and bring it in for a close. When you put your eyes on Jesus and then you 
see and hear and watch what they, and I'll let you fill in that blank, are saying and doing, it changes the whole complexion of it. If Jesus is my focus and my eyes are fixed on Him, then now I view everything and everyone through that lens. So I'm watching this guy, and he's saying this and that, and I'm going, no way. And then Jesus is saying, way, and I am the way, and by the way, they need me. See, when I'm looking at everything and everyone through the lens of Jesus, then all of a sudden now that person needs Jesus. They're not the enemy. They're lost. They're an opportunity, really. We talked about that in the prophecy update. These are opportunities. That employer, that supervisor, that's sending you these threatening letters, and they're not the enemy. The enemy wants you to think they're the enemy because then he's off the hook. No, they're not the enemy. They're the opportunity because, see, Jesus loves them, and Jesus died for them. So now if my eyes are fixed on Jesus, I'm looking at them through that lens. Wow, I wonder, if, when, when you're out and about, I just, I, I know I've shared this before, the work that God's doing in my life, which is major work. You've got a lot of work to do, right? But when you're out and about, do you see people as, man, I wonder if they're a believer. If they're not, they need Jesus. And when you do that, doesn't that change everything? You know, when you're going through the, the, the checkout, and that person behind the counter, do you ever wonder to yourself what kind of customers they've had to deal with that day before they had to deal with you? I used to be one of those customers, but again, God's doing a, a work in my life. I've reached perfection in this area. But I want to be that, that customer because, man, they're beat up, they're bus up, especially now. People giving them a hard time. So when you go through that checkout, try to bless them, man. Because they need Jesus. If they don't know Jesus, they need Jesus. So give them Jesus. I like to, just as a, a ideas, you know, you, you, you know, whatever works best for you. But what I found works really good for me is I'll say to somebody, you know, hey, how's your day going for you so far? And usually the response is something to the effect of, yeah, it's fine. How are you doing? I always wait for them because I, I can't wait for them to ask me how I'm doing. Because then <laughs> I answer with something to the effect of, man, I am so blessed. It's not even funny. It's actually a little funny, but I am so blessed. And you're like, wow, this is new. I haven't had one of you before come through my checkout line. Why are you so blessed and happy and joyful? Well, this is an opportunity. And then as I'm leaving, I'm not going to expect them to drop down to their knees and pray the sinner's prayer right there in the checkout line. Now, if it happens, praise the Lord. But as I leave, I usually like to say something to the effect of, have a blessed rest of the day. And how many of them have thanked me genuinely, not just, you know, yeah, thank you. No, thank you. More like that. And then if the Lord presents the opportunity, you can even take it farther. Say, hey, seems like you're really struggling. How can I pray for you? You know, I've never had anyone yet to this day say, don't pray for me. How, how would that be, right? Don't you dare pray. If I find out you're praying for me, man. <laughs> They're like, aw, thank you. I, 
I've never had anybody ever ask me that. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor J.D. for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews right here on In Spirit and Truth. To 